You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. just here walking around we're gonna go set a tree stand don't worry my dad's weird he never shot a huge buck before i just shot a freaking big buck get that one. Oh, you hit him go get that one henry right here All right, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. This uh, this is kind of getting to be a recurring thing for Drew. I don't know how many podcasts he's been on recently, but he's going to find himself uh, as a quite the regular. We drug Mason <laughs> along on this one too because we have a buck down, boys. I got buck one down. finally. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a little deep dive into that today. And then uh, also we have Bow Camp uh staring us in the face not this friday but the, the following friday so we're recording this on the 20 is it 24th today yeah 20, 24th today so yeah well i don't know when this is going to drop because some of these podcasts are going to be kind of had to bank some up because of hunting season and guys are going to be out of town and doing that the uploading and stuff so we're just banking them up and this is going to be the official the first kill for me buck wise of the year and quite the saga i've had so far but it's been a good mm-hmm. october but let's uh we'll skip over mason because he doesn't hunt apparently until deer camp or whatever because he's <laughs> he's working out of town he's just, he's just saving all his energy you know yeah but no poor dude's working out of town and he's kind of got last second in, in indiana and hasn't had much luck finding stuff have you nope unfortunately no the the trail is kind of dried up so like i said uh bow camp will be my first time in the woods yeah buck. i shouldn't say buck i guess got the hunt bug real bad so I'm trying not to – the days just keep getting longer. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Hey, but we're we're close, man. 
we're like Absolutely. right there and you're going to be week. just smiling yeah. the whole time. So, but Drew, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. Uh, deer movement's been good. I've uh, had a, quite a few bucks show up. Uh, as you know, the start of the week wasn't, wasn't exactly the best. I uh, hit my target buck and unfortunately weren't able to find them, but you know, Hindsight's twenty twenty. You get past it. Yeah, move on. Uh, I can try relate. to get better. Yeah, nope, try I to can learn. Relate. But uh, no, overall seems. <laughs> but like, you smashed uh, a doe, though. Smashed did, a doe. Yeah. Yep, you did right smash off the a bat, I uh, we lost that deer, and I think I waited two days, and then sat at the doe stand and whacked the doe. So. So feeling good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that. Got that feeling back, and uh, no, it's been uh, it's been hot the a lot of bucks have moved in you know a lot of a lot of a lot of those more mature bucks are searching so just waiting for the right time that they are what uh i do want to say i am getting ready for a bow camp thank goodness i shot a buck already because i was almost burning some bridges with the the homestead because like the the weather conditions we were having and the luck i was having i was like i hit it pretty hard uh and knowing that november was kind of going to be just all out of state so today i borrowed one of those walk behind leaf blowers from a guy have you guys used mm-hmm. one of those yet dude mm-hmm. they move leaves like you would not believe i was <laughs> i was so happy because i want to get as much stuff done before i go on this trip mm-hmm. you know just to make it as easy as possible in the family but you know i uh i do remember one year i left before taking care of leaves and uh we ended up getting a bunch of snow and then uh, ended up just not taking care of leaves and my grass kind of looked the greatest. And uh, that was brought up a couple times, you know, so just uh, it was nice to use that. You, <laughs> yeah, you might be onto something there because I pulled into the driveway today and I'm, I was already shaking my head. I'm, I'm not ready for it. There's leaves everywhere and I'm not in the mood to take care of them in the mood to sit in the stand. So, <laughs> yep, I know it's a rough it's a rough time, you know. But uh, no, dude, I highly recommend if you got leaves, rent one or find someone one because what I did in 45 minutes tonight would have taken me hours to do with a rake and a tarp. So quite Mm -hmm. the investment on that ordeal. And I'm happy to have friends that have one. So, but anything else? Like I I think for me, like prep wise for the trip, I I obviously take care of some of the outdoor stuff and just kind of getting as much, many things lined up as I can, but I'm doing pretty good. It feels good to have one feels good to have one dead that's for yeah, sure yeah it's got to so so why don't you give us a, a good rundown on that one because i think this is the first time me and mason have really even heard most of the story yeah i mean absolutely so i mean i've talked about you know the debacle of this year so far i had those two four-year-old bucks that i knew about that were kind of on the front of my my mind i think i did an intro a few weeks ago and i said but my number one was this old seven point and mm-hmm. The seven point is a buck that I've hunted hard since 2019, but I've only seen him the, so I guess we can back up all the way. 2019, I was hunting and obviously had some deer, you know, that were, I didn't really quite, I mean, I was really figuring out some properties. I'd shot my first really nice buck in 2017, uh, 2018, I gun shot a really nice one, the gun. And then 19, I shot a, um, a nice eight point up North. Uh, like October 4th. So I did a hang and hunt in the morning. So like I was on a pretty good roll there, but I still was figuring a lot of things out. So 
Iowa trail cam placement and like making my own mock scrapes and like kind of locating deer. But there was, you know, these properties always had really good deer, but I was never really hunting them at the right time. And I was kind of taking the approach back then where I just wouldn't even hunt them unless I got a trail cam picture of a deer. And Mm -hmm. what happened was uh, gun season came along and uh, my brother-in-law and father-in-law were hunting the one spot because I was up north gun hunting and they ended up seeing quite a few bucks pile out of this one area. And fortunately for me, I had permission pretty close to there. So I remember he told me like, he's like, there was a 10 point and maybe a big eight point. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear that night. I left up North and bombed back down South, you know, got home late, slept, woke up in the morning and went and did a hanging hunt on the area. And it was a spot that I had just got permission to hunt. And, uh, sure. And then my brother-in-law had just started hunting that year, kind of, or the year before. So I would always let him use my 450 for gun season because i was up north rifle hunting so i was like dude don't need to buy anything like just use what i have so i gave him that 450 and he was using it and i almost took it from him that morning but i didn't and i was like i'll use my muzzleloader but i hadn't shot my muzzleloader that year so i have this you know my nice waterfowl super black eagle benelli you know shotgun and i was like man mm-hmm. they've got pretty good barrels and i'm like i should be able to shoot a slug no problem out of that thing and where I plan on going, my father's shot was 50 yards. So mm-hmm. the, before I went to bed that night, I kind of had that all, got everything situated, put the right choke tube in and all that. And I woke up in the morning and I go out and I'm like, man, do I take the shotgun or do I take the bow? I was like, my father's shot's going to be 50 yards. I should just take my bow. And I was like, but like, how do you, how bad could it be with a shotgun at 50 yards? Like you should be able to hammer anything, you know? Well, come to find out I did a hanging hunt and this seven point came out. And he kind of, it was an east wind. I remember it was kind of a weird wind. And I did a big loop to get into this property. And I sure enough caught some movement like 9.30 in the morning. And these bucks were, that came from like an area I didn't really anticipate them to come from. Because back then I didn't understand as much as I do now. But came sneaking through 50, 52 yards. I ranged it because I was like, wanted to know where it was. And uh, he was with the 10 point that I ended up shooting in 2020. And I was like, 10 point was, the, I figured they were the same age, which I pegged them both at like three and a half years old. Maybe the 10 point, two and a half, because he was smaller, more points at smaller, but that seven point was just big, chunky. And I was like, he's for sure a three-year-old. So I bared down on him. I was in my saddle, leaned up against a tree and just let one rip. And I thought I smoked him because he just took off running. Well, tracking dog. just like. Was this iron sights and everything? Oh, like... yeah. My freaking, my <laughs> my normal bead for shooting geese and yeah. stuff, you know, nothing. Just let one rip. Not quite like shooting a bird, huh? <laughs> yeah. And what I, exactly. What I messed up on, though, for like, I had no other, I was on the one side of the tree. So, like, tree is on my left shoulder. So, I was actually shooting my weak side of the saddle. But for a gun, it's perfect because you can lean up against the tree and shoot. So, I like right. had turned my body and was like leaning against the tree cranked one off and then as he's running by at like 50 yards i couldn't swing anymore because the tree was in the way but i thought for sure i hit him and he ran off into this this one thick area and i was like oh he he's dead over there for sure i didn't hear anything else well i get down and just nothing just no hair no blood nothing i'm walking i'm like man there's gotta be gotta be something i go i go like i don't know how long two hours of looking i found some blood and i was like oh my gosh i found blood like this is like 150 yards from my shot 
We'll come to find out a neighbor had shot a deer the day before, and that was the blood trail from his deer. And I found followed the drag marks to a jet sled, and the jet sled it out. And I was like, "Did someone steal my deer? Like what? Like that's what I thought." But then I did a little more investigating, made some phone calls. What happened to be a doe? Someone shot it before, but tracking dog came in. Even I mean, I exhausted every opportunity because this would have been like one of my biggest deer at the time. Like I didn't shot very. Many. I mean, I shot a handful, but this this was a cool buck. Like I was like, I'm I'm invested. Well, fast forward to twenty. 20 i got some trail cam pictures of them hunted them hard never seen them 21 still got pictures of them not a lot but he was around and then i actually seen him uh bumping a doe i, I talked about the hunt how i screwed up on a hanging hunt um i was up north again got a picture like around noon on a cell camera so he was he had went through that morning so i was like i'm gonna go hunt that area tonight drove home hunted got busted setting up with some does and as the does ran i thought i saw a buck behind him they ran to the neighbors hour later here comes bumping does out mm-hmm. like grunting and i could i couldn't hear him grunt but i lip curling and running bucks off so other than those two times since 2019 when i shot him and 21 when i seen him that one time the only time i laid eyes on the deer until the 22nd of this year so mm-hmm. it's been just i've tried to kill i've hunted this like I've burned a lot of sits trying to shoot this deer because I wanted them bad. Like right. first and year it, I had history and, with. Yeah. And I think we were discussing it earlier, but like, he didn't really like tell you from his antlers anyways, that he was as old as he was. I mean, he didn't, yep. doesn't really show as a what seven and a half year old deer. Is that where you, you put him at? Yeah. I would say minimum six and a half in case he could have been two and a half and 19. But I mean, mm-hmm. at that point in time, I'd pass a lot. I've been passing deer for a long time, and that never screamed right. two and a half to me. But uh, so even if he was two and a half, then this year he'd be six and a half. And his teeth will get mm-hmm. sent in to confirm all this. But yeah, right. So, but like, yeah, what do you think? I mean, peaked out. I mean, Mason, I can show you some. Uh, I can show you the picture for twenty twenty. I think was his best rack. Um, and which would have put him at four, right? I mean, four and a half is what I figured. Yep. Yeah. Um. And it, to, I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, I hate to say it, but like the, the stereotypical Michigan deer, I don't know if they say it on, uh, I think it's on the Exodus podcast intro, uh, Eberhardt, he's like, most of the deer he shot, like all but one have at least one wound and some yep. as many as four. So, <laughs> yep. I know. I know when they get they get hit, they lose quite a bit. So Yeah. And so Mason, this picture right here is in the summer of 2020. And this is probably his best rack. And you can, t- I mean, to you, that, that it looks bigger than a three and a half year old buck to me, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Like I mean, chunky. Oh, he's got good same characteristic with that fork on his right side and kind of goofy brow tines. And then I, so like I had gotten, you know, summertime, I had lots of pictures of this deer and then I would get like the random pictures in the fall and I could never, here he is. You can see the same, the same fork um there but like right there i mean that's the same deer like drew pointed out he's got this little his fork side so where he's only three on the one side has a g2 that is like squiggly was that the word you'd use drew squiggly yeah so it's a cool characteristic g2 yeah yeah i mean and he all he kept that like yeah and you know he's got the entire side is just his four by side is great up into the g2 and then everything after the g2 is just like man like i'm done growing this now <laughs> mm-hmm. so he's never been a mon- like monster scoring deer 
but he was just like the first deer that I was history with, like confirmed history. And it was personable, personal, actually. Like I, I always felt like this deer was just, I couldn't get on him. And you'd get the random trail cam pictures and like in the area, it's like, man, am I just blowing this deer out? But, um, but then, like I said, last year and this year, no trail cam pics. I just assumed he died. I actually assumed he was a different deer because I convinced myself he was this other gnarly old deer that I think I have that was a fork on one side and a big spike. I think I've sent you guys that picture before. I thought that was him. And I was like, that's my number one. Like, I want to keep deer. He's old. And yeah, I just failed miserably. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I had like kept track of how many hanging hunts I did for that deer since 2019. And I hunted, even after I missed him in 19, I hunted them the rest of the year, you know, pretty hard. So, well, and it's something to say about, you know, closing out the story. I, I know me and you both, we kind of try to target a, a specific deer every year. And when he finally, finally comes to the moment to try and capitalize on him, it's, it's definitely a good feeling to, see him on the ground oh the fist pumps <laughs> the mm -hmm. fist pumps and like almost disbelief like you know you always hear guys say that like it's weird that he's dead like i you know you sealed the deal on him when you've had so much you know thought and effort put into it and then i don't get like super like emotionally attached it's just like that's a deer that's always in my mind mm -hmm. and like you know you have all these game plans right like i don't i have a lot of spots but like none of my spots are giant so like they're little properties so you have to be really smart and just i guess from 2019 to this year like how i hunt the properties are just completely different you know and uh you still gotta get lucky though mm -hmm. now did you expect i know you didn't have any many pictures of them but did you expect to see them at all or was it kind of a complete surprise when you did see them so like this year my i had a, like my game plan i guess we're gonna kind of break down the game plan early the first two weeks of october i wanted to target my food plots on this one prop piece of property because just historically that's where i'd see mature deer early season and daylight and i had shot a deer uh 2020 there that close by so it was kind of like just playing the historical game and just playing on the rain fronts and all that stuff and just have had good luck with that and then so like he was a deer that i never have seen early season or you know it was always like i'd get pictures of him like late october november and december like kind of when he would hang out and do his like rut circles i'm assuming and i uh, okay. always assume that so my game plan in the first two weeks of the season was to target one of those four and a half year olds and i just ended up messing up on both of them which crazy you know completely messed that up so then i threw like one more hunt at the food maybe i threw two more hunts in the food plot property um before the 20th of october and then my whole game plan for this year was I was going to hunt that. And then if I was pressuring the deer, or if anything was not going well, um, the deer would kind of be stacked back into some of my other properties that I have permission to hunt, which are, in, they're in, you know, close proximity to where I can hunt like these properties. They don't touch, but they're, I'm hunting the same deer to an extent, um, or I could be. Um, so my game plan was once the twenties of October hit, whatever felt right from wind condition is when i was going to start hunting this other property so the 20 i want to say i did a morning hunt right after i missed the 10 point i went in there earlier i went into that property it was a really safe hunt with the wind did a hanging hunt a tree i've never been in before on a mock scrape i had made just just seeing what would happen i got completely skunked no deer like nothing ghost town and uh so i was like okay i'm too early they're not here yet so then the 20s roll around 
and I think the yeah the Saturday the twenty first I did another morning hunt and had and had no sorry I did not hunt Saturday I didn't hunt Saturday at all because it wasn't what I wanted from a from a condition standpoint Sunday morning was the the second time I hunted that property and it's a uh, kind of give a little backstory on that property it's small it's a permission piece but I park nowhere near this property because access is mm-hmm. hard I uh, fortunately have a friend a friend of a friend kind of thing has a house and I'm able to park at his house and I walk down the road a good ways. And I've usually liked to hunt in the mornings. I always thought it was like a really good morning spot. So I had interaction with Mr. Krabs there two years in a row and I've seen some nice deer, but I've never shot anything back there. So my, I've always just had it kind of in my head that I'm just, that's my morning spot because of access and all that. But every year I will hunt it like, in the 20s of october i'll hunt a morning set a few of them and then i when i go back there in like november to hunt for like a rut hunt because there's a bunch of little bedding areas all around so i catch deer going between bedding areas there's rubs everywhere giant rubs like they just pop up out of nowhere and i'm always like a few days behind is how i felt so this year i was like i'm actually gonna hunt it a little bit more than i normally have just use smart you know access and stuff and i think i can get away with it because i can actually hop in a creek and i can like walk in the water for a ways so that was kind of my goal going into this like late october i was going to do that because we have the trips planned so like i knew i wasn't gonna have much of a rut hunt in michigan like i was gonna be all pre-rut so and like i said these i mean these rubs i'm not i'm talking like top five percent rubs in michigan that i found like shredded mm-hmm. trees big tracks you know, but I don't always get like the trail cam picks to, I don't always get them on trail cam because it's a thick area. So, I mean, you have to like literally have your camera. You can only see like 20 yards. So I just would not hunt in years past because I had no pictures and I'd walk in there to like do a little scout and I'm like all these rubs, like I have to hunt and then I'd hunt and then just see does and spikes. And I was like, I just missed the party, you know? So that was kind of my thought going into this year. And I don't know if you guys have any experience with that or trying to hunt like find like that sign in late october or what you guys like maybe don't know if you anything to back that up or not i mean there are there are areas that that we have on our property that are you know like you said thicker it's more of a, more of a bedding area and you have to be very cautious when you when you do get into there and it's usually like first or second hunt in there is when you can capitalize on something i mean if you like you said if you miss that window or if if, if you blow it out the first hunt or two then it's it washes up you know it's not that near as good as it could be um but i think it goes to show just planning out your access and 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 making the right moves to get in there and you know you're kind of more moving in undetected versus blowing in there and trying to find the deer you're after and you know i think that that may play a little bit better for you and that's probably why you capitalized on this deer you know yeah he's probably had no idea that you're even in there no it was it's it we got northwest winds north northwest winds which you know sometimes you don't get very many you'll get them but they're not like great hunting days even though you have a north mm-hmm. wind with the front but the couple we got this year have been like a couple things lined up moon you know moon if you ever believe moon phase stuff like the cover of darkness and like a clear day and then a north wind moves in it's like okay deer on their feet a little early so the access I can, I can park a ways away and then I walk like perpendicular to the property. And then when I turn to go into the property on a North, any sort of a North wind, I'm walking into the wind. 
So a northwest wind is a quartering wind for me, and I only have to walk on the property like on land for probably like 75 yards, and then the rest is all water. Because fortunately for me, the water access is north-south. So it's it works real nice. So I was able to hunt that morning, snuck in there, walked in, you know, in the water, sat in the same tree I sat like early October and had a great hunt. Like that north wind is coming in my face. Deer, there's a bedding area to my north. There's a bedding area to my east. There's a bedding area to my west. And there's a bedding area to my south. But the south bedding area is primarily like does and little bucks, which I just know that from years of hunting. Like I've hunted this for four or five mm-hmm. or since 2019. So I've hunted for four years. So I've just had to learn that because I would always set up on the first sign and it'd just be like watching preschoolers, now, have, you know. Have you always accessed? access with the same wind no did you play it with northwest wind this time so you yeah, know again so one of those I've, things that it might just take the right access to get in there yep so i've had to learn that that's my best so i've hunted it on i can hunt it on multiple winds but northwest north anything north is my best like that if you look at the maps like duh like that's like textbook you mm-hmm. know kind of a thing right um but the northwest wind works really good because there's a good so i used to blow deer out of the bedding area to my north because I would act because I can access it from the north and from the south. So I would sometimes on a different wind, I would just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come from the north and drop into here. I can sneak in. Well, I'd always blow one of those bedding areas out. And then the common thing in Michigan, you blow one out, they'll run to the next one that blows that one out. And then it's just like this, this domino effect because mm-hmm. there's a lot of deer. So I've abandoned that like give and then i would set up really close to that north bedding area because i just that's where all those giant rubs would pop up and i think i was just going too far like i said i got busted setting up before so this year i kind of was like i'm done i'm not walking on dirt unless there's water in it that's kind of like how i was like my mindset because i'm just going to try to hunt it multiple times because you know you go in there you don't kill that deer the other deer find out where you walk and they'll blow the then it's just you just pressure them too much so I was like, if I'm hunting this thing multiple times, this is how I'm doing it. So Sunday morning, I get it all set up. I kind of felt like a rookie that morning. I don't remember what was going on, but I was like, I was kind of blumbling around a little bit. I just kept saying, man, am I a freaking rookie or what? Like I just, nothing was, I had done quite a few hanging hunts this year, but just wasn't feeling that good. But then I I ended up having a great hunt. Like I only saw one two-year-old buck, but he came through perfect. And I saw 10 does and I just remember like, really watching those does and i was like i'm 30 yards off like i need to be 30 yards down the creek a little farther mm-hmm. and set up in that tree right there if i come and hunt this again so great hunt um i got down we had some errands to do for the day and like running around and taking care of some stuff and it was getting to that point in time where i was like i'm hunting i need to hunt tonight because the weather was all just making sense and uh mm-hmm. i was like hey henry it's kind of one of those it's kind of one of those feelings, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny as it sounds, it's like you can almost feel when the time's right that to, to head back in there. And, and is that what you did? I mean, you do go right back into that same spot. And so I knew I needed to hunt. I just didn't really know where to hunt. A little bit of me was like, man, there's a lot of does in there and there's gotta be, and there was none of these big rubs that popped yet. Like, cause mm-hmm. I had like, when I walked out that day, like usually where I, these rubs are, I can see my binos. Like I've walked up to them, but if I get down on the ground, I can glass. And I got down on the ground and I started, I was glassing back and forth and I couldn't find any of them. 
Um, but I knew that some of these bigger deer were in other areas from scouting and stuff. So I was like, it's, it's, it's going to pop like, and I just know that I need to be here. So I went, so it was like, I'm running late, like Sunday night. One of those things where I was like, Hey, I'm, if I'm going, I need to go now. And, uh, wife was like, I'm gonna hang out with in-laws with Henry. And I was like, okay, I'll drop you guys off before I go out hunting. So it just made sense to do that in a way. So that kind of took a little longer and then I get to my spot and then the, the guy who I get to park at his house, you know, he's a sweet dude. He, he's, he was probably like ahead of his time with hanging, hunting on state land and doing stuff. And like, you know, he shot some dandy bucks back in his days, this older gentleman now, but like the whole time, I mean, my backpacks on bulbs in my hand. And like, I'm like looking down at my watch, like every like three minutes and he's just, we're just, he's just chit chatting. Just like, dude, it's like it's like 5 20 you know like i mean it's Buddy, that late. i gotta go yeah. yeah like i'm i'm under two hours before dark and uh mm-hmm. he's just chit-chatting with me and i'm like i gotta go so as soon as he's like i'm like see ya pume i like am like jogging almost like and this is like 800 yards from where i park my truck no maybe more it's a long ways like it's 800 yards and i just take off going and i get to once i get to the woods i'm like okay I'm going to be slow as I can. I'll start sneaking through, doing my thing. Boom, bump a doe. Like, son of a gun, runs to the one bedding area. I'm like, man. And it was a fawn. I could tell because it, like, ran, like, 20 yards and stopped. So I'm instantly buying those up, like, looking, okay, make sure there's no buck or nothing. And she kind of never blows, just kind of trots off. I'm like, perfect. Keep sneaking, keep sneaking. Get to the tree I hunted that morning. Oh, and I forgot to say, like, Henry... I asked Henry, where should I hunt tonight? Should I hunt the food plot or should I hunt the other spot, like by the creek? He's like, Dad, where'd you see all the deer this morning? I was like, well, I saw him by the creek. He's like, go back to where all the deer are, Dad. And I was like, yes, sir, <laughs> I'll do it, you know. And uh, Don't leave so, deer to find deer, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I get past the tree that I had to hop out of the creek to get in. And I'm like, yep, I need to go up there 30 more yards because that's just it just felt right. And my, and one of the reasons why I wanted to go farther was because I, my first spot was right where my trail camera was and mock scrape and lots of does and little bucks, but nothing big. So I was like, man, there's nothing moving through here. Maybe I'm just missing them. And, uh, cause you don't see everything on trail cameras. And like I, like earlier in the year, I didn't have any trail cam pics of those bucks in the food plot before I shot at them. You know, I got one after I shot, but nothing before. So like, I don't really put a lot of merit in trail cameras, like 100% because I've been burned in the past. But anyway, so I sneak, I'm sneaking to the, the tree I want to get in. I get about halfway there, boop, jump another deer that was laying down really close to it. It was another fawn, and it runs into the bedding area to my north, which is like the area I'm thinking, like, if I'm going to see something, that's going to come from there. But it doesn't blow, doesn't, I think I didn't smell me, so I think it just heard me walking in the water. So I was like, okay, we're good. So the tree i pick i've never hunted out of it before but it is doing the old lean back so like mm-hmm. where i want to climb up to be hidden from the deer because i mean i'm talking i'm 100 yards and in, in possibly from like bedded deer obviously really close because i bumped a doe right by the tree so it's the lean back tree which saddle hunters tree sand hunters is not a fun tree to hang on that side it's leaning towards you so i kind of had to, i kind of had to like saw a couple of tree branches out of the way because there was a fall down that was like right into this tree so it was kind of like not the most fun thing to get up so here i am going up this tree i'm way late like i'm two hours later than i normally like to be and i'm just going slow and i finally get set up and i don't pull my camera out of my backpack 
So <laughs> I've been trying to film all this year. I filmed every time I've hunted, but this Maybe time that's I why you it. shot a deer. You that's why I shot a deer off. for sure. <laughs> I got the GoPro hooked to the tree, but I did not pull the camera today because where I had my backpack hanging, it was right where I like to have the camera for a height perspective. And I was like, dude, if I start fumbling around with this backpack, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be in trouble. And like when my release was clipped onto my bow, it was six o'clock. Clip my release on my bow. My phone goes off. It's my neighbor. My beagle got out. He's like, hey, we have your beagle, Ruby. Uh, which Mason's seen these dogs. Like, she's the most sweetest thing ever, but she likes to take off, and she's little. And uh, she's, you know, a she's, she's determined when she hunts. She's one of those ones, the sweetest dogs ever. You know, when you're, she cuddles with you, but when she's in hunt mode, she is just the little devil. Mm-hmm. And so he, he texts me, he's like, man, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just got set up. I'm like, I should just get down. I'm late. I've already blown this whole place up. Like, and I was like, no, I'm hunting. Like it's, I got, everything's right. Like stick to the plan. So I'm like, Hey, just throw them in the, I have like a really nice hand. I custom built a crate in my garage for my other dog. So when we're gone, he just goes in there. It's like six by eight or I mean, not quite that big. It's probably like six by five and uh it's tall and i was like hey can you just throw her in there with him their buddies like and he's like yeah no problem i'll do that like sweet took care of that 10 minutes later hey we uh the other dog was barking at us a lot we didn't really feel comfortable putting her in there so she's just running free in your garage and i'm like oh my gosh like i got a beagle running free in my garage it's like 6 10 <laughs> by this time i'm like oh my goodness so i Thankfully, I live close to my parents. And I texted my mom. I was like, hey, if you're home, can you take care of the dog? You know, she's doing that. Nothing, nothing. And like, I had like, I think I'd seen a deer maybe in the distance. Like, a, and I just assumed it was like one of the fawns. But I was like, I got to call my mom because I got a dog running free in my garage. Like, I got so much stuff and like valuable things. And, you know, I don't know. I, she's usually good, but who knows? So I just like call my mom. Like it's 615, 620. On the phone, my mom. And I'm like, hey, uh, can you and I'm I'm whispering, but I'm also talking kind of loud because I want she couldn't really hear me. And she's like, Yeah, well, I'll take care of it. No problem. I was like, sweet, got that taken care of. And I just started putting the phone down. I was like, wow, what just chaos? Like, what just absolute chaos for today? But and, I was like, and you and never tell know. You what? That's that's usually when it happens. Uh-huh. I mean, it seems like every time you you can almost count on it. So everything goes wrong, but mm-hmm. oh. you want to shoot, walks in. <laughs> so I looked down. So I never put the phone back in my, I use a muff or whatever, hand muff, put my phone in that, zip it up. And I look, and I had just done some service on my platform my uh for my saddle because it was making a popping noise so like i took it all apart waxed it all down and got rid of the pop and uh but i looked down and the top of my thing is like hanging off the tree because i didn't toe seated enough or whatever you call it toe kick you guys know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so i was like dude my bottom my platform is like buried in but i'm like a half inch off and i was like do i like get down right now and like crank that thing over and i was like no i'm not moving like it could happen any minute and I look up and there's a doe at like 30 yards walking and end up being a doe fawn. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And I can, and then I just instantly start hearing deer walking all around me. Like it felt like they were, I was surrounded and it's really thick. I can't, I can see like pockets far, but I'll, the farthest I can shoot is 30 yards. So well, then the wind was northwest, so I'm facing due north, kind of northeast a little bit. So the wind's kind of coming from my slightly left, going over across my body, 
and then angling back to my right. And where it's going is kind of risky because deer do come from that way. And that's mm-hmm. where the scrape was that I had made, the mock scrape. But I kind of assumed if anything came that close to me, I'd be able to get a shot before they smelled me. So I felt pretty good about that. Um, I was a little worried about that platform because I was like, man, if I really got to lean on the side, I might not see it all the way, but I should be good. So I instantly that was out of my head and I wasn't thinking about that anymore. And then I hear all these deer and I hear all of a sudden I hear like loud, deep grunt. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Grab my boat instantly. And I, I, but I can't, I don't, all I see is now I see two fawns and then I see a third fawn and I'm like, oh, one of those must be a button buck. That's just being funny. You know, button bucks just get weird, you know? Mm -hmm. And I keep hearing deer walking from behind me to my right. And I'm like, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? And then finally I see it skirting behind me it was probably 50 yards away and I see a rack and then it hops in the creek and hops on the other side. So it went right where I'd walked in, but didn't get boogered and ended up being, I think like a nice eight point, probably like a two year old eight point. And he went off and I was like, okay, that was that deer. But it, when he did that, that was like shortly after I heard the big brrr. So come to find out the buck I shot was doing all this grunting. And I think he kind of bumped that buck off cause I could hear that buck from a distance walk. And then he just like left, he like vac- vacated the area. And then I just keep hearing, burr, burr, burr. I bet I heard 20 or 30 grunts. It was nuts. And I remember like turning my GoPro on and I was like, I hear all these grunts, but I think it's a button buck. And I'm like glassing these three fawns and none of them had nubs in their heads. And every time you hear the grunt, I don't see them grunting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what is going on? But I'm just going to hold out, you know? Well, then all of a sudden I look, and this is probably 20 minutes after the phone call, my mom, maybe not even 20 minutes has gone by. And I look and I just see this giant body deer like appear out of this thick stuff and lip curling, lip curling, head up, lip curling. And he was downwind of the does. So he had like done like a little J hook and got into that northwest wind. And thank goodness my scent streams like parallel to him about 25 yards farther down to his south mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, his west, southwest or whatever. So, I mean, I'm skirting this like close. And Thank goodness he started grunting. He bumped those does. And instantly I saw the body and I saw the frame. I put binos up and I saw the big fork and I was like, that's a giant body deer. And he's got a great frame, like mass high off his head. Still hadn't really realized it was the seven point, Mm -hmm. but he worked perfect. Came back, came crossed from my right, worked across to my left, went behind the tree I was sitting in. And then I leaned over and you can see this on the GoPro. I like swing over to my strong side of the tree and my platform goes and I dropped like, dude, like two inches. (laughs) Now I was like, oh, but it didn't make a noise. Somehow it was like quiet. And I remember it happening and me like, oh man, like, but when I watched the video, I was like, dang, I dropped a long ways. So he, he goes to clear this big pine tree and I turned the GoPro because it's like, oh, maybe I'll get on the GoPro. Well, the tree was in the way, so I didn't get it. But as soon as he cleared, I pulled my bow back, and the does clear through, and that trail was 23 yards because I had ranged it. I knew that trail was there. And I hit everything great, anchored, leveled my bubble. Like, I have all this checklist going through my head because I've screwed up twice this year, you know? Yep. So 23 yards, he clears this tree perfectly broadside. But he, I had, like, a window between two trees, and I'm, I'm always, like, shoot the first opportunity I get, I shoot. So I kind of went like that he stopped perfect broadside shoulder forward i put it right on his elbow 
like just to the right of his elbow because he's facing left. And I just let her rip. And dude, I watched him duck into my arrow at 23 yards. Like he was the key to me. He didn't see me, but he just like did the drop. Mm-hmm. And I hit him perfect behind the shoulder. And I was like, and he ran off. Oh. And dude, I was just losing my mind in the tree. Cause when he when he cleared at 23 yards, that was when I got the first like good look at him. And there was no doubt in my mind that this buck was five and a half years old or older. Like the biggest body deer I've ever shot at in Michigan. Like mm-hmm. huge tank and just this his frame just comes straight up and gnarly buck and dude I shot him and he took off running and it was like what you dream about hearing just smashing yep. through stuff and 15 seconds I don't hear nothing and I am just losing it dude like <laughs> oh, I mean so everything good. everything went wrong and then finally you know he comes in everything everything goes right it's just like you're kind of caught off guard by the by the situation. Almost makes you freak out more, right? Yep. Look down at my watch, 642. (laughs) (laughs) So I hadn't even been sitting for 45 minutes and I had that happen. So, and that is not ideal. Like I'd never tried to do that. It's just how the night worked out and everything. And sometimes you just got to be lucky. And, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I still snuck in there. You know, you do all, you follow the plan and, like I, I never, I never say in a little interview, I didn't look, cause I like to do little interviews on the GoPro just so I like, and I save them. So then I can like look back and be like, Oh, on October 27th, I was sitting here and there was this wind and I didn't see crap or I had really good movement. You know, that's kind of my logging I do. And I never tell them like this spot blows up with rubs. I'm hoping to be here when they're actually here. I always feel like I'm behind them. And yeah, mm-hmm. I did, man. And it was first time in since 2020 i shot a buck on my bow and it felt good mm-hmm. real good and yep. then uh we went and i got henry and ashley and brother-in-law climbed down you know did the whole thing found my arrow before i got him and there's blood on a tree like where i hit him and where i found my arrow there was like blood in front of my arrow so like instant blood when it went through him so i was like oh we're we're golden and we tracked that deer ashley and henry led the way and it was just the it was what you want, you know, yep. double lung shot, blood yeah. pouring. It was, oh. I, I know you, you, uh, you took some, some video of that track job. It looks like a good time. Oh yeah. Henry was, Henry was right on it. Yep. He was following. He, that. he yeah. smelled the deer, you know, he like, yeah. I had just seen the deer a little bit. So I started recording the last time and he's tracking and he's like, dad, I, I, sm-, he's like, you smell that? I smell buck. I smell either blood or I smell the buck. I was like, I think you're right. I smell that too. And, you know, just a seven-year-old that just done a lot of tracks, he know he knew to look, you know, look for that. But well, yeah, he lost. walked up on it. Oh, man. Yeah, you, dude, he was so rutted up. It was nuts. Like, tarsal glands, black. Mm-hmm. He just was that old, mature deer that just knew the system. And he was, yep. I just, I think all these years I've just been behind him. You know, like, I've been hunting him and just, he's already through because, I mean, you know, he kind of focus on that halloween time or you know yeah later in october like october 20th or even you know a good a good means to to take note of all your trail cam pictures throughout the years or i don't know about you but you know i save folders of specific deer throughout the years and then you know mm-hmm. there is some truth to them coming through a certain property at a certain time or in a certain wind and you know, as long as you're able to take note of that, you can use that to your advantage in the future. And maybe, you know, if you had a camera where he was at, you would have been able to see that, exactly. okay, he's coming through this property at this time, and you just happened to, 
to be there at the right time, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like if my camera was in, if I had put my mock scrape, I picked one I picked there's two good trails that deer like to go through and I picked the wrong one obviously because i never had any of these bucks on the camera i just have does so i mean that we're talking 30 yards you know if my camera was 30 yards different set up a little bit better and i made probably a mock scrape there i probably would have had all of them because that's what because mm-hmm. when i tracked that buck oh man like i'm talking we found trees that had like he had you know rub and he had bark in his antlers but like these trees are like bleeding like he made these this sign was made within like two days you know like just started popping so i mean that's why like and i've been setting trail cameras up for a long time in these areas and each year is a little different you know and this year i just Mm -hmm. missed it by that little bit but thank goodness i didn't let that you know that like the history i relied more on my history like you're Mm -hmm. saying like that time frame like in the 20s of october is when these bucks move through this area and for for the first time of the year too so that's a great point and you know maybe i should do a little better job of like the wind like you know coordinating my wind you know you can look up the winds from years in the past but i think that's yeah that's some good solid advice for sure right and i think and i think some areas play different based off different deer too you know as a a deer gets older you know a different mature buck moves into an area he's going to make sign a little bit different than than the buck before him so Mm -hmm. you know i think what played better for you is you knew that time but i think you know by the sounds of it that same buck was making all that sign Yep. because the trees would be shredded guys always talk about they like feel like they know a deer like i feel like i knew this deer's track like i always Mm -hmm. had this like like the last like last year i didn't feel like i was on him and maybe he got hit or maybe he just kind of had an off year but last year was the first year i didn't really have him like sign that i was used to seeing because the way he rubbed trees with his brow tines and he ended up having a dagger like a three inch dagger below his brow tine. So brow tines go straight up and down. And this was like a 90. So like when he rubbed a tree, he just gouged it hard. Like on one side too, would just shred, you know, I'm talking like six, eight inch trees and they would just be shredded. So I hadn't seen any of those rubs last year. So I just kind of thought maybe this deer's dead. Um, and then when I went and recovered that deer going through this thick and just, it was a heck of a drag. Um, I we found trees shredded just like that. And I was like, this is where he's been. Like this is his spot. And then I when I saw that, I was like, this is him. This is the deer. And then when I finally the next day really dug into my trail cam pictures and started sending to everyone else to make sure I wasn't crazy. That's when I was like, I I did it. I shot him. Like this is just and then the whole time I'm sitting sitting there looking at him laying there. I'm like, this has got to be him. You know, but now it's like I don't like to like react right away because you know, adrenaline and I hate yeah. nothing more than someone, you know you know, thinking, thinking they're, you know, telling facts. And I mean, obviously I could be wrong if this, if the teeth come back and he's five and a half years old, then it's like, it might not be the same deer because I doubt I shot at him when he was a year and a half old, you know, but you know, those things are pretty accurate. But for me right now, I'm fairly confident that he is, I, I I would put money on seven and a half years old and that's Mm -hmm. pretty incredible here in Michigan, you know, especially where I hunt, there's a lot of hunters. So He's just yeah, figured it absolutely. out. But, you know, there's some deer that, can, yeah, like you said, that can just figure it out and, and stay alive for that long somehow, evade everybody. But mm. if and, he finds the right pocket and he, he knows where to go, then it, it's easy for him. I mean, you got to play he, it exactly right to be able to get to that deer. Yeah, 20 yards. If I was set up where I had set up, you know, the morning, just got lazy maybe or, 
you know, just like I tore all my stuff down. Like I tear my stuff down every time because if you leave it there, you're like, oh, I'll just go hunt there again. And then I never have a really good hunt because that first time in is usually pretty good. But yeah, I tore it down, didn't get lazy. But if I had sat up in that tree, I would have been out of the game. Like I would have, I couldn't no shot. You know, he might've gotten within 50, 60 yards of me, but like it just wasn't, wasn't a realistic opportunity. So there's a lot of things that take, you know, like you said, feel, you know, you get lucky and, uh, um, it feels good, man. Like I said, it's been since 2020. <laughs> I shot with my bow, so I feel good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so where do you go from here? I mean, I know obviously you, should, you hit Jake, you hit Mr. Krabs, and I miss you know, Mr. Krabs, and I hit Jake. So, like, well, well yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. You know, now, now this is your this is your cleanup, right? Yeah. Like, where do you go from here? Do you plan on plan on getting after those two still, or um, so. Just, banking on illinois and the rest of your out of state season or so like if you would have asked me what deer i want to shoot the last three years since i since 2020 um i even actually hunted the 7 point 2020 also like i shot that buck opening night and i still hunted him but then i ended up shooting a different deer opening day gun season so i was kind of done but i still ran a lot of cameras but if you would ask me what deer i want to shoot it would have been the seven point like everyone knows all my friends everyone's like when I sent him the picture, I was like, oh my gosh, is that him? And I was like, I think so. I think so. Like, um, <laughs> so I feel very fulfilled in that department. Um, and then the night I went and tracked the seven point, I accessed from a, the other way um, and drove my truck by the food plot um, that I missed Mr. Krabs in. And guess who was standing right by that food plot at 830 at night? Mr. Krabs. Let me drive the truck right out to him. So yep. that deer is still in the area. Um but I kind of got this. So Henry really wants to shoot a deer with a gun this year. So that's like my one priority. I actually still kind of hunting and my brother-in-law is hunting. Um, so not going to lie. I don't think I want to shoot Mr. Krabs or Jake if I see him this year. I think I might let him go another year just because I know they're four-year-olds. And I not like I'm trying to be greedy or trying to be better than anyone else. But it's like I feel very like fulfilled and thankful for the opportunities I've had this year. And I got one of them. So I'm kind of like, I'm pretty content with Michigan right now, at least for those deer in that area, um, because they are special deer. Like they could blow up uh, into something else or my brother-in-law could maybe shoot one of them or Ashley. Yep. Uh, Henry, I'm probably not going to let shoot one of them because he needs to shoot some smaller deer <laughs> first. But <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where I'm standing let him, there. Let him go that. through the paces like we did, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like we, we already talked about, it. I was like, that's a good buck for you, Henry. Every spike we see or six point or little eight point, you know, yeah. so he's on board with that. Um, but, uh, so I kind of feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm going to try to get my brother-in-law. I got a good game plan for him, uh, here in the next like eight days, probably if we get the right weather. Um, and then I have some public land spots. I have to pull some cards on that. If I get time to do that, I might do that. Otherwise I might just hunt before our trip, I might only make it up north and maybe hunt once or twice because mm-hmm. um, I haven't hunted up there yet this year. And then, yeah, all all guns are blazing for Illinois when we go there. So, yeah. I tell you what, yeah. that, that's kind of what makes it fun, though. I mean, you get the you kind of get the monkey off your back. You know, we got Illinois coming up here next week, so you know you can kind of play around a little bit for for the whole next week because you know you got a deer. So, I mean, yes, sir. Everything's open. Yeah, me and Drew are just, you know, having opportunities left and right, and there's poor Mason just twiddling his thumb, <laughs> just ready to get after it. <laughs> it's all right. So I do have to ask you, Mason, have you been, like, scouting digitally the property, like, good after bad, picking out stand locations or what? 
Uh, not so much the property because I mean the amount of time we spent on foot in there, everything's probably mapped out. So I've been um, pretty much every night, probably until I go to bed. I'm like searching all over the place because, like I said, I told when Drew and I talked the other night, both him and I both said, like nobody's even stepped foot on public. No, and there's no. ample opportunities. And the more you actually look at public and get a 3D and lay it down and start actually looking for stuff, the better it looks. Mm. And like like what I was telling him, I mean, the beans are still on. So there's a good possibility the corn's still on on that Ooh. one piece. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah. So like, I'm just, like I said, <laughs> the more I look, the more pins, I, I got to start cleaning it up. Because everywhere I look and that I like, I just drop a pin and I go back and look at how, you number one, you'd get to it. But there, there's too many options for only seven days. So let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yep. So are we all going to get there Friday afternoon or are you guys getting there Thursday night or what's the, um, so the third is Friday. So the second, is anyone heading there the second? So I will, I will be headed there the second. I, uh, okay. I get up. My work allows me to take two days for free basically. So that Thursday, Friday, I just figure I'll take Thursday off too. So nice. I'm, uh, I'm headed down early Thursday morning and I'm going to hopefully get a hunt in Thursday evening nice and then half friday so nice i'll be uh i'll be sleeping in the truck somewhere thursday night <laughs> yeah you will be <laughs> but nice. hey if it means deer hunting in illinois i'll be i'll be all for it nice and then yeah because we we might head down thursday night me and dad uh but we won't get there until after dark obviously we probably won't leave until later um and then so i guess because a lot of guys are in this position i'm sure that listen to this if you're in michigan you know people or you've done these hunts uh out of state i mean i don't think i don't want to go in there and hang a my first hang hunt with my dad or whatever probably friday morning unless no. we think that's no. a good idea but i'm thinking we might have to wait till friday night or evening or middle of the day or something like that to go in there and my kind of approach to this is like me and my dad are going to kind of hunt together because you know we got a like we just like I, we always do this like we kind of tag team like when we go to a property we'll kind of set up pretty we don't always set up right on top of each other but we kind of we'll hunt close proximity to each other just because you get down at the same time you're not really like blowing the whole area up you're kind of like yep. st- being streamlined and to tell you the truth me and him might actually hunt in the same tree a couple times so i think i'm just going to really embrace that because you know, yep. we don't really get much time to hunt together. You know, like I don't sit with him with a gun anymore because I have my family and he's always got, you know, my siblings with him or, you know, sis, little sister that's, you know, the youngest one, but or my mom. So I think we're going to take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, like, I th- what do you think, Mason? Are you going to go in there? You think not? Are you going to try to hang and hunt in the morning in the dark? Because your dad's going to be there too. What are you guys thinking you're going to do? I probably won't go in there in the morning because I don't know. I always struggle with going to not that this place is new, but nobody's ever been in there in the dark other than Drew and I walking out of there with phone lights. The last <laughs> yeah, time we were down there, and, and we saw how that went. I mean, it didn't exactly go well. So <laughs> no, and yes, we have ideas where we want stands, or that we've decided on certain winds and whatnot, but no, I probably won't go in there in the morning unless, and if, if it is a morning, it is, it's that 
first tree right in the center of the yep. property right off the two track that splits the two fields yep like something that's not super infringing on the entire place i mean you're not your sense not going to kill it because it's just going to draw back down that ditch in the middle of the field so but to go anywhere else no like i don't know the, i'll probably like i said public's everywhere so there's tons of options and then i don't know i've even thought about first day just not even not even hunting you know what i mean just taking mm-hmm. Take in the morning, take your bow, and then just kind of creep into an area of public somewhere in the area. Whether it's two of us, I talked to Drew. He said he's all in for that too. Oh yeah. So we've we've done it before in Illinois, and it's not Illinois, but Indiana, and we got we got close a couple times, but nothing. I tell I tell you what, there's something there's something special about just like being out of state, wake up in the morning with a cup of coffee, and it just kind of just making your making your uh taking your sweet time getting into an area and you know really trying to figure it out in the morning and yeah, like you know taking a, a, like full, a full yeah a full day of scouting you know it, i feel like you're just you have so much more of an advantage than just trying to dive into somewhere you've never been to before you know so are you thinking the north the northeast and then the south <laughs> Are you that property you guys are kind of looking at, or what? 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 What are we thinking from us? Like how close close proximity to our property? Are we going to travel? Are you going to travel on some of this public land? Well, I know you you know. As you guys know, we we kind of changed the Airbnb up a little bit, so we're we're a little bit farther from the property. We're more we're north northwest of the property now, so there's quite a bit of Mm. of state ground up that way too. So, um. It's substantially you know, more rugged if you've looked at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. I have not I'm looked just, at that. I'm just kind of anxious to, to give that a good look over, more too. More you know, rugged. It, it, yeah. Like more it is, it's steep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I sense, so, uh, I sense so some uh, excitement in your voice with that, Mason. Yeah. You seem to be drawn to that stuff. <laughs> I'm all, like I said, I'm excited to go anywhere. Like I said, I haven't even been... <laughs> I haven't even been in the tree this year. It's just it's <laughs> even alive. I live vicariously through you guys. You know what I mean? Yep. And honestly, I'm about to just shut all my cell cameras off too because it's just irritating. <laughs> so, Mason, to speak about hills too, like I feel like Mason just loves hills. Like if he could just take a sled with him anytime we go public land, he's just he's all about it. Give me the steepest hill, he's all for it. He'll ride down that bugger. Well, yeah. I. I, I mean, I'm sure we're both on the same page, but if our dads, because your dad's going to be in camp too, right? Drew, yeah. he's not on the lease with us, but like all of our dads are going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, dude. my dad's actually, I don't know, he's, he's retired now, so he's just kind of taking everything lackadaisical and he's just enjoying life. He's not, he, he told me the other day he's not even buying a license. He just wants to go scout. Oh, for us, so. so we got, we got boots on the ground giving us in. Nice. Buggering up many spots or anything like that. So here, I was hoping all of our dads would shoot something, you know, because we're kind of all well, that's, we're kind of all exactly that age now, you know. That's like exactly our dads what I did so much for us. Yeah, yeah. I said, uh, you're not, you know, you, since you're not buying a license now, you're going to see a 180 walk right, right in front of you, and you're not going to have a bow in your hand. He's like, oh, I got my phone camera. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good dude. It's yeah, like I, mean, I wish I'm, I had that mentality. <laughs> yeah. 
there's going to come a point in time, you know, like it's just the way nature is. And, you know, father time is the only thing undefeated in this world, but seeing everything kind of come full circle, their dads and they got us into it. And like, I was kind of chit chatting with my dad a little bit and he's just like chomping at the bit to get down there, you know, cause he didn't get a chance to scout it at all. So he's just going off of trail cam pictures and what I've been telling him. And, uh, something about being like, if I could be in the tree and watch him shoot a deer with his bow, I think right. that would be probably like my most like memorable thing short of watching my son shoot a deer because he's been there so much for me. Like he's allowed me to like do what I do. He's watched me shoot a lot of deer. He's taught me all these things and he's got just so many years of experience and his approach to how he's hunted, you know, learn how to do things. And it's like, man, dude, if we could be in the same tree and I watch him just smash a buck, like we are going to lose our minds because like when I call him on the phone after I shoot a deer, I say, dude, probably. 20 times like i'm just like dude <laughs> dude just going dude. nuts you know it's kind of our <laughs> thing we do and uh so i think if a success for me like number one would be to have that happen and then yep. two would be just if any of us shoot a nice buck like if we can get one down and it's gonna be just a good time good yep. time uh, I, uh, i'll give up an opportunity to shoot one to have my dad be able to be successful just because I don't know. He, uh, we went to New Mexico last year, and I was the one behind the gun. So, like, I'm more than willing to trade places with that. Not so much uh, being in the same tree, but just to be there. Does that make mm. sense? Oh yeah. So yeah, we're he's pretty pretty jacked up. So I talked to him about three night three nights a week about it. <laughs> so good, he's dude. This silent. is oh, this deer. This he's got deer can't feel all about it, and I love it. It's oh, just going to be okay. good. And we're going to eat good. That's another important thing. Like, you got to have, you know, going out to eat every night and, you know, doing those kind of things can kind of, you feel like crap if you fast food it up or whatever. So, my dad's yeah. got the hobby farm and we got we got fresh pork and fresh chicken, fresh and beef. Meat. So, we're going to have Instapots, Crock-Pots and that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So Absolutely. I know mm. my mom is, my mom is uh, going to send us down a big batch of cookies. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice mama's cookies they always they always yeah. turn out well huh yeah she, she's already asking what do we want it's like wow we're, we're all in the mid late 20s <laughs> late early 20s. 20s like we're, we're self-sufficient here yeah she's like what do you want <laughs> like you make a batch of cookies and i don't think anybody's gonna be mad about never it. never say <laughs> no to that cookies are my weakness yeah so everybody everybody's excited good well yeah i mean so, what else we got going on here? Like, I know, I don't even know how long we've been chit-chatting for already. It's been a while, but um, any questions for me on my hunt, I guess, that I maybe didn't touch on just to try to help someone out? Um, I guess I feel like I tried to break down all those important details that kind of go through my head, but, like, if the buck's not there, you're not going to kill him. No matter how good of access, no matter how good of a spot it may be or whatever you do, silent, get in there early enough or late enough in my regard, if he's not there, you're gonna have you're not gonna have it. So don't get discouraged if guys are going through this time. You hearing me like here I am. I sound like the biggest tool ever because I've had three awesome opportunities already this year. But that's a rarity for me. Usually it's one a year. Um, so just stay with it. Keep your plan. You know, going through your head, like develop a game plan and go out there. But have fun. Like I never tell myself that too. Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna hunt this other tree. I've never sat this tree. It's gonna be kind of cool. Like kind of a good experience. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, is there anything, I think that really, well, and I know for you, like with what happened to you earlier in the season, obviously, as you know, the same, same kind of thing happened to me. It, 
and like you said, don't get discouraged and enjoy the fun out in the woods. And I think those situations really teach you to just enjoy being in the woods. I mean, it's like you get so beat down about hitting a deer and not finding it or, you know, whatever, everything goes wrong. Everything went wrong for you on your hunt going in there. Literally nothing went right. You got in there an hour or some late, you know, you had only 45 minutes in the tree, but like never get discouraged. Always have some sort of confidence in the tree and usually pays itself off. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes into this like November hunting thing too, man. Like we're going to, I mean, I sit all day most of the time, you know, I might not do it every day in our trip that we're there, but when you're, you're grinding it out all day, or even if you get down midday and go set up another tree, you got to just keep that good, that good attitude because it happens quick, like especially mm-hmm. rut hunting. Like that's kind of what it was. It felt like a November 7th hunt for me, like grunting deer going all over me and all of a sudden went from there he is to like bow pulled back and killed him. I mean, I'm talking maybe a minute and a half, you know, maybe, maybe two minutes, like, and that was probably pushing it. So keep it, keep you on edge. You got to keep that like killer instinct. You know, guys always talk about that. And I think I was kind of lacking that earlier this year. I wasn't really in the right headspace. Like, I don't know how, if that's the right way to explain it, but I was kind of rattled, you know, because like the fiasco, the first deer getting down adjusting my platform and popping back up and all of a sudden, boom, there he is full commit to the food plot jacking around with the camera and then the second shot you know i was i felt like i was calm and did all those things right but then it was like i wasn't in the right mental spot because i'd made some rookie mistakes with my arrow setup and not like being prepared enough so like there's all these like little minute details that when things go bad those rear their head <laughs> you know like it only takes the bad things to have that happen so and it's crazy how rattled we can get about all this and everything going wrong but I think we lose sight of the fact that we're not at work. We're just chilling in a tree. Nothing could be better. I mean, mm-hmm. I think no, we take I, that for granted. Yeah, you know how that feels to be in a tree, right, Mason? No, I, I done not not this year. I could tell you, dude. I hope after giving you all this crap, the next podcast we do is gonna be with a dead deer. Like yeah. you're gonna just be like, Mason, like I found this permission ground. Twenty yep. minutes from work. Kill a one forty. Or he's going to go to a piece he's been scouting digitally in Illinois. He's be like, you know what, piss on you guys. I'm going to go sit this public piece over here, and you're going to smash a buck. And you're like, what's the big deal? You just pull your bow back and kill one. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. But, yeah, I think easier, we're pretty much wrapped up. Done. Yeah. We can wrap this up, guys, if there's nothing else. I mean, I think we'll definitely do a podcast when we're down there. Maybe we'll do more than one, but – give guys kind of an update hopefully there's some dead critters involved but um i think it'd be cool to have a have a camp podcast you know we got we got quite a few guys and i think we could have quite a good time one of these I, nights i know i should buy i should buy more mics but i think we might have to do the old share mic thing because i'm not making no money on this yet so <laughs> <laughs> and tags ain't cheap <laughs> or taxidermy no. bills oh man this buck is getting mounted i mean i just can't not mount a deer like that you know so like oh there goes the hunting budget you know for the year so which you know not i mean here i'm pretty blessed so i mean i'm not trying to complain like having the opportunity to do this is awesome so right but i think we'll we'll make a deer camp podcast somehow with these things so i'd be mad if you didn't mount that deer yeah i was i i didn't really entertain it i kind of did do this to rattle my dad because he came he met me at the house and by the time he got there i had the buck out of the truck is laying down on the grass and i had the mercury light 
and he pulled his truck down and he shined the headlights on. He walked out of that truck and he was like, shoot us. Did you shoot an Iowa buck? Like this thing's just giant, you know, rutted up. And I was like, yeah, he kind of reminds me of the Iowa buck. And I didn't mount my buck. I shot Iowa because I kind of had some standards before I was going to do it. And he just missed the mark for that. And I was like, you know, that European mount looks pretty. And before I could even finish my sentence, he's like, I'm going to punch you right in the mouth if you don't mount that buck. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, you cannot, you have too much history. Because he was convinced instantly that's that deer. Like he was dead on. He's like, that's that buck. He's like, I've seen a lot of dead deer. He's like, this deer is older than you think. And it's it's him for sure. So, yeah, I was like, yep. So he got brought to the taxidermies. So history history goes a long way with a deer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, he probably, he's probably close to 130. I didn't get a chance to throw a tape on him, but I mean, we're talking 17 and a half inches wide on the inside. Um, his tallest tine on his one side is probably, you know, knock on the door 10 inches, probably nine, nine a little bit, mm-hmm. nine some change. Um, yeah, he's got mass. Yes. He's got a lot of mass. Good mass. Yeah. Good mass. So, and, and you know, by the time this podcast launched, I'll probably throw some pictures on Instagram, which is weird for me. I mean, I know we all kind of post some of our kills, but like, I never even thought about posting the night I shot them. You know, I just more intrigued with sending them to my buddies and, you know, kind of doing that. Then I'm like, holy crap, it's Wednesday or give me Wednesday tomorrow. I haven't even posted. I'm, you know, doing this, this podcast thing and Instagram page. And I'm like, I don't even, I ain't posted it. So we'll just wait. Who cares at this point? Right. Right. You know, the people that know I shot the deer, the people I care about and. I don't really care about anyone else. So, <laughs> but dude, it's a sweet yeah. deer, man. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's going to be really tough to ever shoot a deer. I think that old again in Michigan. So, mm-hmm. um, it can happen, obviously, but I feel blessed. So, yeah, but yeah let's wrap yeah, this thing up. Right? Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. So, um, every, thanks everyone for listening to this. Uh, appreciate you listening to us bumble around and tell our stories and hopefully you can tell how much we like hunting. And, uh, yeah, go outside, enjoy creation. It's October 24th. The weather looks like it's going to suck for the next couple of days, but this weekend could be good hunting. So Saturday and, looks hot. Yeah. yeah, Drew's over there smiling, shaking his head. So, I mean, that <laughs> like we, me and Drew have talked about on here before, there's a few things that got to check the box for us to be really excited. And from looking at the forecast, Saturday is kind of looking like one of those days. So if you guys don't give up, you know, we got that pre-rut, get out there, get after it, and may shoot straight aim small miss small and aim low that was another point so i aimed low on this deer at 23 yards and i bet i hit him three and a half inches higher than where i was aiming which mm-hmm. missed the heart i double lunged him beautiful blood trail hit all the main arteries coming out of his heart out of the top of his heart but where i was aiming was probably like center to bottom of heart and he did duck my arrow at 23 yards so once again just aim low you know uh, listen to I uh, listen to Levi Morgan. He talked about how he's aiming low at all sorts of yardages, and that dude's probably one of the best archers in the world, 3D shooting. I think he is. So hearing mm-hmm. someone like him who's that fine-tuned with his shooting ability and how he talked about shooting deer, yeah, go on Meat Eaters podcast. It was in the recent ones they've done last like few weeks, but give that a listen. That just really I learned a lot, and I remember when that deer came through that tree and I hit everybody points. I was like, I need to be here. I'm going lower. So I aimed three and a half inches lower with a 20 yard pin at 23 yards. So I was probably more realistically in the four to five inches low where I hit him. So do that guys. I want everyone to be successful. So thanks for listening. Go outside, enjoy creation and good luck the rest of this fall. See ya.